0: Sometimes you get on a database and you're a little bit scared to work with it because if you make a mistake, you can drop data and you can cause all sorts of problems. So we wanted to make something where you can just spin up a browser, start learning to use SQL, test things out and not worry about messing it up or having to install. And if you make a mistake, you just hit refresh and you have a fresh, fresh copy and start
1: over again. Hi there, and welcome to PodRocket. I'm your host, Paul, and today we're joined with Mark Burgraff. He is a senior dev over at Supabase, and we're going to be talking about Postgres in the browser Wild, running in WebAssembly. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on. I mean, we've had all these interesting WebAssembly things happening in the past year or two, so every time something new pops up, it's it's kind of like new shiny object syndrome, but at the same time, there's immense value if you know how to like use these tools right. So what is your involvement with the project? Is this something that your team kind of put forth yourself, drawing inspiration from somewhere?
0: Yeah, I think uh, originally we saw um, Crunchy Data do this thing first. It wasn't open source. So we all looked at that and it opened our eyes to say, hey, this is possible, but that project wasn't open source. And we wanted to create an open source version and and put it out there for the world because we saw immense value in it. And so I, I love to do the hacking projects, the the, uh, projects on the fringe that do all sorts of interesting, cool things. So I I, I just love doing stuff where you're not, you're not sure if you can do it or how you can do it, but you're going to pick away at it until you make it happen. So um, what happened was uh, when the crunchy article came out on, uh, on Hacker News, um, Snaplet, another company, was looking for people to collaborate with. I had already started on the project, and so the two CEOs of Snaplet and uh, Supabase, Paul and P- Paul and Peter, got together and said, Hey, why don't we collaborate the two companies on this? So I started working with these Snaplet guys uh, together on, on making Postgres work in the browser, and uh, it became a, a really uh, fun synergy between the two companies. So, did Snaplet kind of uh, approach you, you said? Well, I think Snaplet put out a call for people. They basically said, Does anybody want to collaborate on an open source version of this? And I was working on it, and Paul had seen, uh, Paul Copplestone, our CEO, had seen their post. And so he said, Hey, do you want to work with the Snaplet guys on this? I said, Yeah, anybody who wants to work on it, I'm, I'm game.
1: So that's how it came to be. That's really interesting that, uh, I mean, this is an awesome thing about supervase as we were talking about before the podcast, is there's this open source drive that's really coming to backend as a service, to just general utility, um, to help us run the microservice world that we have today. So why did your CEO find interest in this project, you think, and say, let's allocate resources to helping build this out?
0: You know, it's it's really interesting, um, it took me a while to kind of get the philosophy of supervase because... I'd always developed in shops where that were closed source and they guarded their source code and and Superbase is the exact opposite not not only is everything open source and you can look at the code for for the entire product basically, but they encourage us to work on anything that improves the community, um, even if it's not related to superbase um, a lot of our our players work on um, things related to Postgres, related to the database world, anything that helps the open source community, we really push that because it's our goal at Superbase to make developers' lives easier. And obviously that's through the Superbase product, but sometimes it's just utilities or articles that we write, uh, that we put out there for our competitors or anyone to use. As long as it gives value back to the community, it's our philosophy that that's what we want to, Concentrate our effort on, which is, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's worked really, really well. And Superbase is doing fantastic.
1: So it's been a great philosophy. I mean, when you give valuable content out, you're going to get receive value back. I mean, we see this with the Log Rocket blog. Like people are writing back and saying, hey, like this was really helpful. If you go to the Superbase docs, like you can see the philosophy come through in the writing. Like you guys are citing everybody that's involved in projects. Like, Pointing to resources, it's 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 a refreshing read, you know, uh, new flavor of ice cream of development.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and one of the other big things about Superbase is that they they make it a point to not hire egos. So everyone that works there is it doesn't need to put their name on things. And like this project here, um, you know, it's a joint project, and we don't care about Superbase getting the credit or me getting the credit. All we want is. I wake up at four in the morning, you know, excited about the project and excited about putting stuff out there. And so we don't really care about um, getting the glory or, or actually even like saying, is, is this going to make us money? Is this going to be profitable? Because it's almost like a karma thing. You put out great work, you just do great work,
1: and then you will be successful. And that, that's our company philosophy. And I, I think that's fantastic. It is fantastic, and I mean, bringing us back to the product that we were—you were just referencing—Postgres um, uh, Wasm. So, Wasm, break it down for us in like thirty seconds for the folks that might not be familiar. Sure, Wasm is a Web Assembly, so it's assembly language. It's a way to compile
0: to bytecode uh, items that can run, basically designed to run in the browser, but you can actually run Wasm from your command line or on your. Desktop as well, so it's WebAssembly, and it's kind of a misnomer because this really is not Postgres running in WASM and pure WASM. It's not Postgres compiled to assembly language. Um, what what's running in assembly language is this product called V86, which is a an, a terminal emulator, which basically allows you to run entire operating systems in your browser. And then what we're doing is we're running. Postgres inside of that in a very stripped down Linux machine. So essentially, it looks and feels the same, but it's not technically uh, Postgres compiled to Wasm because that's not technically possible yet. But the bottom line is you can go to a web page, open up your browser, go to this web page and be running Postgres server in your web page, which is mind-blowing mind, mind blowing if you know anything about Postgres.
1: <laughs> and so one of the ways you can get data in is you could read you know, a replica right from a remote source, right? You could say, there's a table, I want to bring it right in. Um, are there other methods of reading data in, and what are some of those?
0: Yeah, there's, there's a few ways to do that. Um, now, that's one of the issues that we had with the original. Um, Crunchy data did this first, but um, they, they had no networking capability, and that was... Um, and I see why now, after I've worked on the project, that was really, really hard to do to get the networking right and being, being able to move the data across the network because uh, the browser gives you significant restrictions that we'll talk about later. So you're not allowed to talk to ports, you can't open TCP/IP ports. So getting the network working was one of the core pieces that I worked on um, in order to go out so I can you know go out to an existing, Postgres database on a Superbase project or anywhere on the internet basically and and bring that data in with PG Dump or PSQL or any of the standard tools. Um, You can also, let's say you have a a, a SQL script of data that, that publishes data, or you have a CSV file, you can upload those files to the emulator and then run it within the machine. So you could upload a CSV and then do like a copy from command inside of, of Postgres. So there's there's a few ways to get data in and data out the same way.
1: Because at the end of the day, we're really just talking about the engine. The engine is what is the product. The engine is in the browser. We can bring data from the disk. We can bring data from remotely. You could slice this cake in a bunch of different ways. And I'm sure there's an infinite, like, Just a roster of possibilities about how you can market this. Oh, I have a high-performance data set. It runs instantly. You don't have to go anywhere. And join the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for more great episodes. Are there any other use cases that you would like flash in front of people to say like, hey, I had this like random idea in bed at night of how we could use this?
0: Yeah, actually what what I'm working towards, um, the vision for me is to put the entire Supabase product into the browser, so that you can have a development environment that has everything that Supervase offers, so that'll have uh, auth storage, functions, the database, um, everything in in one place. Um, and so so that's definitely a use case. Another huge use case is since you can uh, you can take snapshots of this browser uh, virtual machine and uh, and in no time. it's it's almost instant you click a button, it saves it as a file. What you can do then is you can load up your database with data, create your functions, um, do anything you want, save that snapshot, and then send that snapshot over to a buddy to look at. Or you can you know, do A-B testing. You can save a, a version of the database, make some changes to it, maybe make an index, uh, save another snapshot, and then go back and forth between the two. So it opens up a, a lot of things that you know, could be done with a server, but are much more time consuming and much more complicated to do. Um, The other, you know, the the big thing about this project, for me, more than a use case, is just making Postgres accessible to more people. Because databases can be, first of all, it can be difficult to get your hands on a database, because you've got to find, you know, you either have to learn how to install Postgres locally, which can be difficult sometimes, um, or have access to a server, that has Postgres running. And then sometimes you get on a database and you're, you're a little bit scared to work with it because if you make, make a mistake, you can drop data and you can cause all sorts of problems. And so we wanted to make something where you can just spin up a browser, start learning to use SQL, test things out, and not worry about messing it up or having to install so it's quickly accessible. And if you make a mistake, you just hit refresh and you have a fresh... Fresh copy and start over again um, to make it almost as easy as working with a, a, a spreadsheet or a, or a word processor. Um, so we love SQL. Uh, we'll make it. We are unapologetically SQL. When people say say, "Well, with well, Superbase, you got to learn SQL," we're like, "Yes, you do, and it's the greatest thing ever." We love that. So embrace it.
1: That's what we what, what we, we want people to do. So, so from your point of view, there's two. Categories of value add here, like we have all the productized value add on one side, but it's also a development workflow. There's easy to reach wins that you can provide to people trying to onboard either to the Supabase product or just SQL in general. Uh, runs right in the di- right in the browser. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people are, are real excited about Wasm
0: and running things within within the browser environment. And that's you know this uh, Hacker News post uh, that that we put out. Um, I think it's our second. Most popular Hacker News post of all time, second only to the the launch of of Superbase um, as a product. Um, and so there's really interest out there. And and if and I see if I see Wasm in the title of anything, I will read that article and I will jump on that because it's cool. It is um, cool. And so yeah, it's just a mind blowing that you the stuff that used to take all this power and servers spun up now you could just do it right in your browser. And to to think in the future that the, the development environment that the dev database is running locally in your browser, and then when you 're done, you would hit a button and push that up to your staging or your production database I
1: think that 's the wave of the future for for developers to develop locally and speaking of wasm and all these interesting technologies, I mean we had a podcast with Andre Cohn um, maybe a month or two back and He's working on DuckDB Wasm. And this this is such a cool project because it's an analytical database in the browser. So I'm thinking like dashboard apps. You could have really fast reloading graphs that you could like scrub through data. I mean, D3 tried to tackle this problem of how do we dynamically load data in and provide interesting visualizations. But I don't even have to re-request the database. It's right there. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really exciting space. Go check out that episode if you want to hear more about the Wasm stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool technology. I love it. In In terms of uh, the system architecture change, one thing that's really interesting to me as a uh, back-end person is we're considering the client node as part of the architecture now. Something you wouldn't do before. They were just attacks. Like, how do we get the product to them, and now they're part of the product? Like, like you were saying, you could do some SQL operations there. You could export it. You could reload it. Um, is there something that you would think is a low-hanging fruit that people could reach for right now in your cookie-cutter app if they wanted to try it out and find a win? Yeah, I mean,
0: what what would people use it for right now? I mean, I love personally uh, using it for for bringing data down to my desktop for doing analysis, things like that. Um, Also for, um, like I said before, for for testing things. It's great to be able to... uh, you know, have multiple versions of the database and try different things out um, and not have to worry about, you know, I'm always worried about messing up my production version or if I, if I push something. Um, so so just as a, a, a quick and dirty development environment right now, it's really good. It's also good for pulling down data for doing um, reports or doing anything that, let's say you have something that is going to hit the database because, uh, it's CPU intensive. You're going to do a lot of uh, heavy analysis. Well, you can do that inside your browser all day long and not affect anybody, which is which is really cool. Um, yeah, and 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 what what's making that possible again is is this ability to um, uh, to to use the network. Now, getting back to the the network issues, the the first thing was just to open up the network so you can. Uh, oh, by the way, also you can go to wasm.superbase.com um, exit out of psql which is where you come up by default and you're at a linux prompt and you can ping stuff and you can use all the busy box tools yeah it's it's uh, wasm.superbase.com that's where the our demo product is is running um, and yeah so you basically have a full linux operating system inside the browser and so like if you want to grab data from The easiest way to grab data from like a superbase database is you drop to your command line and then you run pgdump, which is also included. pgdump and pgsql are included. So you you can run pgdump and then pass it the string from your external database and then pipe that to psql, which basically does a pgdump of your remote database and inserts it straight into your local database all in one command. It's pretty cool. Um and you can go the other way too. You can do a PG dump of your local database and then send it to PSQL and send it to your external database. So it moves back and forth. And now it's a breathing pipe between them. Exactly, exactly. And now the the second thing we wanted to do, which was really difficult, was um provide outside access into the local running instance of Postgres. So which is at first we were told that it's impossible to do that yeah well it's um, they said it's impossible because we talked to the the guy who made uh, um fabian he's the the author of v86 the the emulator engine and he said it's a black box and so it can't talk it, you can't see it because it, it even if you run through this proxy that we've created it's it's on a private ip so it's not exposed to the internet so what we did is um, we created a reverse proxy using nginx at the proxy that turns ports looks at the port number and then maps it to an individual uh, virtual machine running in the local browser so what now when you start up the network I give you this little address on the bottom of the screen and if you put a a password on your postgres so you have to set a password and it shows you that when you first come in so you set a password i can give you that location wherever you are in the world and you can look at my database running inside my browser and i can say hey i need help with this and and so you can say yeah let me look at it you can log into uh, pg admin or psql bring it up and say oh yeah here's your tables and and it's going to make things really cool
1: for support in the future i think um connecting these databases through through these tunnels. Uh, yeah, I want that now. I mean you just reinvented NAT. You made uh, Mark's NAT 2.0, but like based on VMs and <laughs> and uh in an Nginx reverse proxy. That that's something. So you 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 gotta be mindful though. I don't want anybody connecting to my uh to my SQL. Um absolutely security is a big Piece, and that's why it's by
0: default it's not allowed unless you uh and this is a postgres thing this is nothing that i did but postgres doesn't allow it unless you turn it on and set a password and give somebody the address to it also it is a temporary instance so when you shut that browser tab or close your laptop it it doesn't exist anymore um and so so that's uh Obviously, with power comes the ability to shoot yourself in the foot. So just be careful that, you know, when you open this up, you don't have any data on there that's, uh, uh, that's sensitive or, for, or anything like that. Um, but the fact that we can do it is pretty cool. So the other things that we're doing just, just because I can do it is, is I'm running Postgres on my iPhone in a browser when I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for my wife to uh, to grocery shop, and I want to write some SQL. I bring up my iPhone, and bam, I I can get a full Postgres instance on my phone. Um, and so I added a feature for that because I was I was pinging, and I realized the iPhone doesn't have a Control C key to break out of that ping, and I had to reboot my my database. So I added a little button to uh, bring up a virtual keyboard so I can hit Control C, Control D, and the arrow keys that the the iPhone doesn't have. But it's just, to me, it's cool that I can have Postgres running on my phone, and then I've got a, a Fire Stick TV, and I've got Postgres running inside of, uh, uh, on my television operating system. You know, inside on my, my my big screen TV, we're running Postgres there. I'm thinking, this is pretty cool that, that you could
1: port it to, to just about anywhere. It's cool. So do you see major production systems taking advantage of this? or? Are you seeing it mostly foraying itself into the masses as a as a development tool?
0: Um, I I think it's going to be a development tool, but I mean I'm not going to tell anybody what's going to happen because what what I'm looking for and the reason we put this out there is we want people to see the value in using Wasm and think of new ways to use it uh, the ways that have never been done before. So I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen. You know, in my mind, it's a development tool um, because it's browser-based and browsers aren't, you know, 24-7 like servers are, but maybe maybe one day we have um, distributed, you know, distributed file systems where when you boot up your browser, you're actually hosting stuff as part of a distributed network. You know, that's that's where the future could, could go with this. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, and we're already seeing people come up with ideas for using this that we hadn't thought of before, like, one of one of the superbase. Yeah, what's
1: one of them? I'd love
0: to hear. Yeah, one of the superbase people said, "Could I publish one of these snapshots, put it on the web, and then send somebody a link that opens up the Wasm site and downloads that uh, snapshot automatically, so they they can see it?" And we haven't. I mean, that would probably take five minutes to implement because we have all the tools. So what he wants to do is be able to say. Um, you know, Here's an example database preloaded with everything in it, and you can click and load that up and see it and interact with it in basically instantly. And I thought, wow, that's that's a really good tool for this. Um, training, showing people things, um, even data sets. You might have preloaded data sets of public data that people can interact with and use um, locally on their machine just by clicking.
1: And so that's another really cool use for it yeah uh what's something you guys are working on right now that you're excited uh maybe hidden not hidden well it's open source so everything's out there but Uh, super is doing you know the thing
0: is we ship so much code um every about every three months we have these launch weeks where we take five days in a week and we launch something different every one of those five days so our last one was like uh, about a month and a half ago and um I'm just blown away that, I mean, I'm working at the company and there's stuff that comes up that I wasn't even aware of just because uh, there's so many teams working on so many cool things. I'm, I'm personally excited on about some of the enterprise stuff we're doing, the point in time recovery. Um, What we're doing with real time is, is amazing. Um, This ability to have presence where you can have people pop, pop up on the screen and disappear as they come online and go offline. So, and it's, scalable uh, so that doesn't have to go through the database in addition to all of the the real-time database stuff you're going to see some really cool game engines and things like that um being using Superbase as a back end um, that's really some cool stuff um let's see what else there's just there's so much fun stuff besides just this wasm thing and this wasm thing is going to have a whole bunch more stuff because
1: uh, yeah what's what's something yeah. on the specifically within the uh wasm bubble, maybe. Well, for, for me, um, I want to get, like I said earlier, Superbase, all
0: of Superbase working within, uh, within this thing. And in addition, I want to um, start opening up more uh, Postgres extensions. So you can do um, PostGIS for doing uh, geograph- geographical data, things like that. So that's, and that's one of the reasons I love Postgres is just because it's so extendable and you can do all sorts of different things that you wouldn't think that you could do. Like, for example, if you're writing functions, we have this, there's an extension called uh, PLV8 that lets you write your Postgres functions in JavaScript and extending it. Now you can do that also with uh, with Python and, and other languages. So, you know, making more things happen within the Postgres space is, is what's really exciting to me, I think. Um, but there's going to be more and more WASM stuff coming up that's just... I mean, the first one, the first Wasm piece that really excited me was when they put all of um, SQLite into into Wasm. You know, I'm a big SQLite fan. I love it. I've, I've used it for, you know, more than a decade. And uh, to, to have that running, com- the complete engine running locally in, in the browser was was very
1: cool. Um, another, another... Sorry, I just want to ask, was that the first Wasm thing you played with was the SQLite one when it came out?
0: I think so. That was one of my first um, forays in, into WASM, um, and then there was another one that was really cool that was running um, FFmpeg. FF, uh, FFmpeg, yeah, 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 running running that in the browser, I thought was just fantastic because that's another tool where, uh, and and the goal of WASM, I think, and and part of the reason it's so exciting is because it's it's infinitely scalable um, for things that take a lot of processing power, like FFmpeg, you know video processing um, rather than have one server you know how many people can one server support you can't you know maybe a thousand ten thousand but if everybody runs it in their browser it's infinitely scalable so you've got this product that now can be run by literally billions of people because you don't care how many people there are they're providing their cpu they're doing it and and that's what's exciting to me and like when we talk about you know these dev environments we don't have to pay for infrastructure to support that. People can do their development work, push it up to, you know, production or whatever, but we don't have to spin up, you know, a separate instance for every user, which A, it's better for the user because it's fast and it's it's available instantly, and it's good for us because they're providing the 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 processing power and, and the resources to be able to run it, which I think is fantastic.
1: Having that development environment is huge. I mean, if you think about Firebase, you have the Firebase emulator. The problem with this thing is that it just like, I mean, any emulator, when you have like seven microservices running on your machine, you're just like, junk, junk gets created and it's a pain. So if you, Mark, if you can get this in the browser, man, I'm telling you, like, (laughs) that's going to be a clean, like, operating machine for people and and people can boot in and boot out because being able to test these little services is huge. And accelerate developers everywhere.
0: Yeah, and, and again, our, our bottom line is is how do we make things, how do we make the developer's life easier? You know, we, th- we are, and what's neat is we are developers. And so, like, when we're supporting developers, they've got questions, they say, I'm running into this problem. Most of the time, you know, I write back, I, I've had that exact same problem. I feel your pain, I know exactly what you're going through, and this is what we've done to solve that problem or make things easier for you. Um, all over and over again, we, we run into that because we are developers and we want to make you know as we solve problems, if it if it if it makes life easier for me, if it's something that I use and I think is cool, other people will think it's cool. Um, like one of the things was the original you know crunchy version of this Postgres in the browser was restricted to being inside of psql so you could run sql commands you could run you know anything that psql could do but you were stuck in in psql um i decided you know i want to exit out to the command line i want to run linux commands i want to run pg dump and i want to ping stuff and i want to run curl you know and and so i did that and one of the comments on hacker news was hey did you know you can exit out of PSQL and get to the, and there's a whole Linux environment there? I'm like, yes, because I wanted that. And I knew you would want that. It's cool. You know, we want to open up these tools for people. Do what you, you know, do cool things with it. And then just tell us what you did. Um, we want to push things, push, you know, the envelope. And, push the envelope, right. Yeah, get people doing stuff that we, we didn't even conceive. I want people to tell me, hey, guess what we're doing with this? Uh, or or could you add this feature because it would open up this whole world? And we're like, yeah,
1: I'm there. So let, let's get some people tooled up so they can at least help in this niche that we're talking about. If somebody's listening and they want to go check this out, where are you directing them to, Mark, to go learn more about C- PCQL Wasm?
0: Yeah, well, the, the actual the demo is at wasm.superbase.com. The official uh, repo is at Snaplet. It, it's on github.com slash snaplet slash postgres-wasm. That's ppopostgres dash wasm. Or if you just go to the the snaplet repo. There's also one on the Supabase dash community site, which is a fork. And we've added our version of the demo to that. But either one is fine. If you go to those repos, the, the, all the source code is out there and you're welcome to use it however you like or look at it and, and ask, ask us, how did you build this or, or how does this work? We will respond to you. Or if you would like to join in and put in a PR, um, we'd love to have you work on it or we'll help you fit it into your product. If there's something where you, know, you say, hey, this, this, is, this would help our product by doing this, we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, that's what we're, we're all about because it, it helps us move the product forward um, and it moves both the Snaplet product and the Superbase product
1: forward at the same time. It's cross-pollination at its best. So if people want to hear more from you, Mark, are you on Twitter or do you write blogs anywhere or things like that? Uh, I'm on Twitter. I have a, uh, a few blog
0: posts. Um, I'm running blog posts on dev.to. Um, I think it's slash Burgraph, graph. Um, and I tend to write things like, uh, how to, how to do custom claims in super base, um, uh, how to, you know, uh, increase the throughput on bulk loading into Postgres, just interesting things right um, about things you care about. Yeah. 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 Stuff that drives me and, and stuff that makes my life easier. Probably the best thing to do, uh, to get a feel for what I'm working on, is just to go to my GitHub. It's githubcom burgraph, B-U-R-G-G-R-A-F, and take a look at the projects. Um, the first thing I did for Supabase before I started working there, um, I was contributing to the open source piece, and I wrote something called SupaScript, which basically brought the the pieces, uh, the the capabilities of Node.js, uh, sort of slat, half Node.js, half Dino, to uh, to Supabase. Um, so you could write JavaScript and load external libraries like node libraries across the net, cache them in the browser or in, in the database, and then use those in your functions. Um, so it made it because what it was for me was I was a a JavaScript TypeScript developer trying to write functions in a language that I'm not comfortable with, which is PLPGSQL. Um, (laughs) I was, you know. Yeah. I can I can barely pronounce it. And I can write it, but I'm, I'm 10 times faster at JavaScript. And so I brought those capabilities over. And so you take a look at that library and some of the other you know things. Uh, and, and you can reach me on Twitter as well. It's burgraf uh, twitter.com slash 2 the two at the end. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to talk about any.
1: Uh, Burgraph is with two Gs. It's
0: B-U-R-G-G-R-A-F, if you're looking it up. Right. And, and in German, that's two German words, Burg. Castle and Grass count. B-U-R-G is a word, G-R-A-F, and that's why
1: it's got two Gs. Well, Mark, thank you for your time. Thank you for talking about P-SQL Wasm, and hopefully we inspired some more people to come in and, and, and share the joy of development. Thanks, Paul. And it is October, so uh, Hacktoberfest
0: is is in progress. So I encourage you to jump on uh, a repo and do and, uh, get get some uh, open source uh, get some open source uh, practice uh, if, if, you've never, if you've never made a PR to a repo this is the month to do it hack on it and, and find the joy of open source software you will really really enjoy it so get out there and, and hack some stuff for October right on thanks Mark thanks for having me